If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Old Fashioned Football and Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to describe the college basketball experience because it's awesome, baby. As Dickie V would say, Ryan and Colby Colby and Moneyline Mac are giving out so many winners. Go check it out and subscribe today. Old-fashioned football. You make this deal right now, you pancake-eating mother... All right, deal! Old-fashioned football. Welcome, welcome to old-fashioned football. This is Justin Mark. You can find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. Call me jmark. Um, if you've listened before, you know that this is normally when I bring in my co-host. However, um, she is not feeling well, unfortunately. Miranda is not feeling well. She is sick body aches the whole works um unfortunately so giving her the night off being being a nice co-host here giving her the night off (laughs) no she she wants to be here of course um just it it didn't work out wasn't feeling well so we wanted the show to go on though you know i I asked her i said hey i know you're not feeling well but you good with me continuing on she said yeah the, the the listeners need something right so here we are um we're here for another week and this is kind of a two-part series not kind of it is a two-part series so this will be part one we're going to be talking about different fantasy football league types and uh, i'm excited to say we're going to bring in some guests on this episode you know we we have not had any guests we did have of course rod fill in for miranda at one point um but we haven't had actually any guests come in besides that so we're excited to have guests on to kind of talk about the formats that they like because um, we're going to be covering several different formats of fantasy football league types. Now, this is part one, like I said. Part one is going to be kind of your more common ones. Make sure you come back, listen to part two, because we're going to go over the uncommon ones, and that's kind of when it gets really fun. Um, all of these are great. All of these are fun, of course. The The uncommon ones are just a little bizarre. They're a little wonky. Uh, if you will. So, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about um, just different league types in general because I, I sat down, started writing down league types, and I had 16 different league types that I was familiar with. And there's more out there that I'm not familiar with. Um, now, you know, we are an auction football podcast. We like our auctions. So um, that will be first on our list to talk about. Uh, now, granted, we we did a whole episode on why auctions are best, but I want to kind of explain it for those that are unfamiliar in case you're tuning in for the first time. Kind of talk about what an auction fantasy football contest is. We're going to bring on a buddy of ours, Nick Fortune, to talk about why he thinks auction fantasy football formats are the best. Um, and then we're going to talk about snake drafts, straight drafts, dynasty drafts, DFS, best ball, super flex, and then some keeper versus redraft stuff um, as two different formats. But I also have to mention, you know, this is when I would ask Miranda how she's doing as well. I would bring her in and ask her how she's doing. I'm going to tell you, she's not doing great right now. This weekend, we had our niece and nephew and um, two-year-old and a six-year-old. And whew, they are full of energy. Wore us down. I don't think that's why she's sick, but I'm sure it's why she she got tired and worn down a little bit. I certainly know I'm still feeling it. Those kids, they, they are... Uh, Go, go, go. So shout out, of course, to my nephew, Aiden, who is very good at saying, go Bears. Um, unfortunately, we did watch a little XFL football with him, and he picked the Vipers. Didn't turn out so great. So uh, maybe he'll find a new team, though. <laughs> but anyways, uh, now it's weird asking myself, Justin, what are you drinking today? Well, I'll tell you what I'm drinking today. Drinking Calumet Farms. This is aged eight years. Uh, this is one that I actually won from my dad. Shout out to the pops. Um, we we do a fantasy football bracket challenge. Or sorry, not fantasy football. There's no brackets in fantasy football. We do a March Madness bracket challenge every year. And uh, this year I won. We decided on a bottle of whiskey, and he bought me the Calumet Farm eight year. Um, so, anyways. Also, shout out to FF Bourbon Dude, Brad. You have probably know him if you checked out SGPN's Fantasy Football before. He's not able to make this episode. We are going to have him on a future one because he is my bourbon brother from another mother, but um, he's a big fan of Calumet. I was asking him just to, to give his thoughts on it. Big fan, really likes it. Uh, he's got their, he said check out their 14 years, so I'm definitely going to check that out. But this this week, of course... We are talking the eight-year. I'll get more on that as per the usual. But before we keep going, before we bring the guests on, I want to tell you where you can put some bets down. And that's at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, which I know we all are, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. That is awesome. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so that they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 200 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a game of home, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Also, we're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. The SGPN Merch Store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodie. I'm currently wearing a USFL Gambling Podcast hoodie that I actually just got in the mail today. All my t-shirts, uh, I got an old-fashioned football podcast t-shirt on the way. I got XFL Gambling Podcast t-shirt on the way. The bottom line, bombs, man in the box t-shirt on the way. Go out there and... Uh, there's all sorts of items. There's tons of great items. Go check it out and get yourself an old-fashioned football podcast T-shirt because we appreciate the sport. Um, show it to you, you know, to your friends. Tell them where you got it. Tell them what it's about. Give us a little uh, exposure, if you will. And um, they're sick-ass shirts too. Jake uh, did a great job on the logo. So shout out to Jake Paquin. Go check out the SGPN merch store. All right, the first league type we're going to talk about first fantasy football league type is one that obviously if you've listened to us before you know we're very passionate about and that's auction fantasy footballs um auction fantasy leagues are well first of all before i start talking about them i got a guest to come in to talk about that as i said a little bit ago miranda is sick so i thought why not bring in my brother from another mother a guy who's in plenty of auction leagues with me uh, you probably, if you have joined any SGP YouTube, you've probably seen his name scrolling along because this guy, he's a, a content machine as far as absorbing all this content. Mr. Nick Fortune. Nick, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Justin. How are you doing there? Doing fantastic. And I saw you're drinking a little whiskey. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking, uh, it's called The Real Stuff. Um, the Real Stuff. Iowa, right? Yep, yep. Uh, from the Foundry Distillery in Iowa, where I have went there many times, consumed many beverages, and their whiskey is amazing. And I believe that we went there for my bachelor party. And well, let's just say they started pouring me shots of whiskey, and well, that night landed on a sour note. I was gonna say he says he believes because he may not fully remember. However, um, we get to sample a lot of their stuff, including their moonshine, which is very, very strong because it is moonshine. And you got some pretty heavy pours of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Good, good night overall though. And, um, we went to the casino after that and you, um, did not win that night because you were not feeling well, but the next morning you, you made out pretty good. Well, I, I got a text message from someone that says, Hey, come down to the floor. So I did. <laughs> Um, and then I went to a slot machine and I ended up thinking that I want uh, $6. And then someone said to me, uh, this is you. You said, uh, Nick, that is not uh, $6. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. $100. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So as it passes 600, both of our eyes got wider and wider. Um, <laughs> anyways. If you've never listened to old-fashioned football before, just a brief rundown of what auction leagues are. Each week, it's head-to-head. -head, you're against another team. The best teams make the playoffs. That can range from anywhere from four teams to six teams, depending on the setup. Usually, play or sorry, pays positions one, two, three. The big difference is your draft. It's an auction. You have a budget. Um, most of them start around two hundred dollars. And you draft your players. Now, in a lot of ours, we have contracts. So if you have players contracted, it does take out of your draft budget. But um, it, it's literally an auction. A player gets nominated and you auction for him. Did I did I miss anything as far as a general breakdown there? 
Nope. Nope. You nope. covered. All right. So Nick, you and I are in a lot of auction leagues together. Are, are we in three, four, three, three, three right now? Yeah. Three, three. Okay. Perfect. Um, why, why is auction leagues your, one of your favorites? Why do you think it's better than other fantasy football drafts? I think a lot of it is just, you just have to strategize more, you know, you, you get, you, you get the known players. And then half the time when we're in our fun league, uh, people that don't research and, you know, just come in, you know, blindly always keep asking, well, what's that, what, what's a good player or, you know, what <laughs> I really wanted this player that, no, I mean, you get to strategize about, you know, how much money you want to spend, how much that you, you know, who are the people you want to go for and have a backup plan knowing that, you know, um, you know, there's more opportunities to get that. And, you know, you got strategies about how much you want to spend on a running back or a wide receiver or even a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of one of the things I do. I break down like, okay, I want to spend a uh, X percent of my budget on running backs, X percent on wide receivers. Like I almost break it down to that. Like I don't want to spend more than $20 on a tight end, even though we, we all know that I infamously did on Kyle Pitts last year, but <laughs> Neither here nor there. That bit me in the ass. I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. passion. Um, passion, baby. Pitt's passion. We and, and you're right. In some leagues, you, you can't predict it. Like uh, we did see CJ Beathard drafted uh, for a dollar in a league last year. So it people are unpredictable. <laughs> Very. Um, so we did an episode a couple of weeks ago about why we feel auction leagues are the best, kind of the pros, but um one of the pros I think is that if you have the budget, you can get whatever player you want. If you have a top rated player, if you're willing to spend the money, you can get them no matter what. Right. Yeah. You absolutely can. Yeah. Um, who's your top rated player this year? Just so I can make sure I can outbid you. My, my top rated player. Oh no, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> Way too early. We still got the combine. We still got, I mean, there's going to be something crazy that's going to happen. That's going to mix it up here, but I got a couple keepers already in mind for you in my league. Are you talking about the ones you're trying to just trade bait me on? Is that it? I just assumed you were absolutely going to spend any amount of money on Bo Callahan. Well, I was actually going to go with that. Uh, well, now you just ruined it. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about some of your keepers. Who are some keepers you're excited about this year? So I'm going to go with uh, a couple in your league, one in my league, because I do run a league that you're a participant in. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the, the big one I'm, I'm interested in in your league to begin with is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. uh, I got him for a steal because, uh, I mean, you know, he started out with the suspension of at least six games. And I got him for very cheap, uh, $8, if I remember. Nice. Um, and and I, like, I like it because there's already rumors going about him being, like, traded off to – I've heard the Chiefs have been a contender as well. And so – um, I'm kind of really excited about that, but you know, anything can really happen with that. Um, the other one I'm interested in, um, the, it's a tight end Darren Waller. Um, you know, yeah. we already know we have a new quarterback and just want to see the chemistry, what he can build and everything. And that'll be interesting, uh, to, to find out what he does in that new offensive scheme that they're going to run, especially with a new quarterback. Um, in my league, um, again, uh, it's kind of up in the air. We're going about quarter strikes. I'm going with uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, Waddle Waddle. Um, kind of depending about, uh, you know, 
is Tua going to be there or are they going to pick up Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, or how's that scheme going to run out and everything. But, you know, all these players are, are studs in my opinion. They're going to ball out to anybody and they're going to perform the best that they can. Yeah. And Waddle finished as a top 10 wide receiver, which I did not predict last year. Um, another keeper you have that, that is kind of impressive. Um, granted he did have a bit of a down year, but Jonathan Taylor, you got him for a decent amount of money in, I think two different leagues in the $30 range. And in any leagues that he wasn't kept at, he was going for 50, 60 plus. I think he's going to bounce back. So even that, I mean, $34 of a $200 budget sounds like a lot, but for a stud RB one, that's pretty impressive. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I got a tip from someone I can't. I don't. I don't think it was you that said draft Jonathan Taylor. He's going to do awesome. Um, and I took the. Ba- I I said, all right. Well, you know, it, you know, it's only you know, it's only money. It's only you know, <laughs> you know, and just bragging rights. But yeah, uh, not this year, but last year. Yeah, he basically made my fantasy football team. You know, he was getting you know forty or fifty points, and people wanted to trade me, and I said no. I'm just going to keep them, and even. Even this year, you know, when he was having a down year, people were like, oh, you want to trade Jonathan Taylor? No, I still believe in the guy. May have a slump year, but, you know, sophomore slump, going to come back and, and you know, uh, perform well this year, I think. Agreed, agreed. Um, now, we're talking about auctions and having $200. I get a lot of questions from people that haven't played auction drafts or fantasy football in general say, like, is that real money? No, it's fake money of a $200 budget. However, Nick, what do you think about – a live draft sometime where you have monopoly money and you live bid on players. I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be, that'd be, that would be fun. It kind of gets you like, all right, I got all this money. What am I going to do? But I, I absolutely love that idea. I'm, I'm down for it anytime. Uh, even if we have to do a live draft, you know, just, just during the podcast, I'd be up for it as well. Um, I think that'd be. Absolutely. More strategy. Um, I, I was trying to think of cons, between or behind auction leagues. I don't know if I can really think of any, unless you just, you get a lot of bad keepers because in our leagues, obviously we contract them. It's contracted at their auction price. I guess that could be one of the cons. If you lock up a guy for three years and then he's just a bust, that could be one of the cons to get. Can you think of anything else? The con I hear from so many people that don't do auctions, that don't do auction type, and they just keep it with snake, is because uh, they say it's take it takes too long. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't really take too long as long as you know what you have and everything. But yeah, there's always that kind of like, well, it takes too long. I have things I need. I have better stuff to do. I'm like, obviously, you don't take fancy football seriously. Those people are definitely missing the passion <laughs> for fantasy football. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's all we were going to cover for auction leagues. Nick, thank you for, uh, coming on, being a guest, especially with Miranda being sick. Um, obviously, you know, we're very, you're, you're my best friend. So we're very familiar with, uh, auction leagues together and each other in general, but, um, uh, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your whiskey, man. Oh, I will. Thank you, sir. Before we continue, I want to give a shout out to underdog fantasy, We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. 
Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. I think I said $100, but I meant 100% deposit bonus. Excuse me, up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we're going to be talking about best ball drafts in just a little bit with my man, Andrew Robb. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So the next league type I want to talk about is a, we talked about our auction. Now we're going to talk about snake draft um, or snake league, just a regular fantasy football league. Actually, this is probably what is the most common, I would say, um, is the snake leagues. You normally do your head to head, best teams make playoffs, you know, like your normal fantasy football, the draft is just, it's a snake. So if you have 12 owners, let's say 12 managers, 12 people, you draft from position one to 12 and then back 12 to one. Um, and it just keeps snaking like that. So third round would again be one to 12, fourth round would be 12 to one. Um, now these can be set up in any type of, you know, redraft keeper. We'll get on that a little bit later. Any type of scoring, um, super flex, which we're going to talk about later, uh, PPR, non PPR, like all that stuff. Um, it's just that, you you'd snake around you one through 12 12 through one one through 12 12 through one um now one of the pros to this in my opinion is it's it's really easy to kind of mock draft or plan like you know if you're sitting on number five you're gonna have a choice between well the top five players probably right you you can make your top five and you can probably look at them and go okay this guy's gonna go one or two this guy will go the next so now you're down to three players between pick three, four, and five that you know you can kind of plan on, and you can go from there. You can kind of plan your draft out that way. Or there are people that plan out like, hey, in round one, I know I'm taking a running back. No matter what, I'm taking a running back. Or round two, I'm taking wide receiver. Or maybe one and two, you're taking running back, wide receiver, best available, in those rounds. So if, you know, your best available player on your board is a wide receiver, when your pick comes around in round one, you take the wide receiver, but you make sure you take your, your top available running back in the next one. So that to me, that's kind of one of the positives is just the, the, the planning behind that. The cons is definitely the sniping, you know, uh, unlike auction, you can just go get, you can't just go get the guy you want. You can't say, okay, I want this guy for sure. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get him. Your guy could go, if you're sitting at number five and you have one player you really want, let's say, 
let's say it's Saquon Barkley. I know I want Saquon Barkley no matter what at my pick five. Oh, somebody just took him at pick four. Shit. What do I do now? So it's that that sniping. Um, and, you know, if you try to stack, if you want a quarterback wide receiver stack, a lot of guys got their eyes on that. So let's say you do take, um, let's just say you took A.J. Brown in the second round and you're waiting. You're kind of waiting, biding your time for Jalen Hurts, trying to figure out well, when are the quarterbacks going to start going and then three picks before you as it's coming around when you're like, okay, now is finally the time I should probably take him. Boom, he gets taken. So in a snake style, you can end up reaching a little bit higher than you probably planned on because of that. And the next type we're going to talk about is straight draft or um, also referred to as a linear. Again, head-to-head, best teams make playoffs, normal um you know, just like these other ones we've talked about, if it's a buy-in league, you normally pay places one, two, maybe three. Um, but the difference is that this is just like a snake, except round one is picks one through, if it's a 12-person league, one through 12, then it goes back to number one. This is not as common as snake. You won't find many like this. However, it is an option. You can set your draft up as a linear. Now, you're going to find out as we talk just a little bit to um, Dave at Dynasty Dorks about Dynasty. This is a common thing with Dynasty leagues, uh, not as much as your redraft leagues, but it is an option. Somebody might set it up, so don't let them be sneaky and not notice that, uh, that linear draft. Again, the pros are very similar to Snake where you can mock draft. You can say, like, if I'm the sixth pick, um, I want to target these three players in round one, these three in round two. And likely, if if people are valuing players the same as you anyways, you're you're going to find out that you're, you're close to being able to mock draft how you want your team to look. It's not going to be perfect. There are going to be people that go earlier than you think, later than you think. So there's going to be a guy sitting available that you're like, I hadn't, I never thought I would have a chance at getting this guy um, or vice versa. Somebody's going to go way early and you're planning on him in the third round. And you're like, how did he just go at the end of the first? Um, you know, everybody weighs their players differently. Um, you know, Miranda makes a tier system for our auction drafts. And sometimes her tier one players are not my tier one players. And sometimes my tier one players are not her tier one players. So everybody values these players differently. Cons of the uh, the straight draft or the linear draft, again, is the, the sniping. You know, it's easy for a player to snipe your pick. Um, sniping, the I mean, we really call that when your player goes one or two picks before you're going to pick them. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting at pick five. I'm wanting Saquon Barkley, and boom, he just went at four. Um, because then you kind of scramble, right? He just got sniped from you and you kind of scramble like, all right, crap, what do I do next? Uh, who do I really want to take here? Because I was set on Saquon Barkley. I thought he was going to be there. Now he's gone. So what do I do? So that's kind of the snake and linear drafts. Um, very, very similar normally is how they're set up, except for just the draft portion of it. The snake, you know, it snakes around just like it says, uh, just like the name, it snakes around. And then the linear is just like one through 10, one through 10, one through 10, one through 10, every round, not as common as the snake draft. The snake draft is probably the most common, uh, fantasy football draft that you will encounter. So, um, those are both other options. 
again, go back, listen to Miranda and I's Why Auction Leagues Are Better episode from a couple weeks ago, and you'll hear why we like those better, why we like auction better, I mean, than those those others. But, um, yeah, the, those are just two others to consider when you're you're considering what kind of fantasy football league you want to set up. All right, our next uh, format here is Dynasty, and who better to bring in than Dave at Dynasty Dorks, who find him on SGPN Fantasy Football. Him and Brad just are putting out a ton of content right now with um, the draft coming up, and the good thing is he's used to uh, having a co-host that's drinking, so right at home at Old Fashioned Football. Dave, how you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, always uh, happy to talk some football. Uh, you can at me at Dynasty Dorks with any of your Dynasty questions. And uh, if you want a mock draft, just hit me up. Absolutely. And it just the amount of content you're putting out, the amount of knowledge you have with Dynasty. Now, this might surprise you, but two years ago, everything I was calling Dynasty was like my auction drafts where I would just contract people. I was not familiar with this type of Dynasty where – you draft your team. Um, now, obviously, I've never been in one where it's start fresh. I've taken over teams, but you have your team and they roll over each year. And then you have normally a three round rookie draft, right? Yeah. I mean, some have four or five. Mine traditionally are super flex. So we have four rounds of okay. rookie draft. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So um, you have your same team pretty much year to year. Now, one of the things that I've have, I'm already finding out is kind of a positive of that is there's a lot more trade emphasis, right? Yeah, and I kind of you know was starting to laugh in my head when you said you have the same team year to year, and I'm like, I don't. <laughs> um, you know, some people trade more than others, and like you know, just because you don't trade doesn't mean you're not having fun. Like I have a couple, couple guys. Like one guy said he hadn't he's in a league for ten years and never made a trade. Wow. And I was like, dude, you got some self-control because I made like 10 trades last week. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I, I had another buddy that was, uh, you know, in my our first league and he didn't make a trade the first two seasons. And uh, it's kind of a, a tip that I give to new people now is that like be a little more patient and don't trade in your when you first get started because that really can burn your roster down with a bunch of bad trades or if you're new People can take advantage of you, and it really can kind of um, lead to some mistakes that will turn you off from Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, no, um, and, and kind of uh, piggybacking off of that. So for your Dynasty leagues, when they have the rookie draft, if, is it a straight draft or a snake normally? Yeah, it's going to be a linear draft. The only time okay. that it ever really is a snake draft, in my experience, is during the startup. And so okay. some people will do a startup where like you randomly select one through 12 and then, you know, the opposite reverse of that order goes. To, and that's so like, if you have pick one one, you're going to have the 12th pick of the rookie draft. And so mm -hmm. sometimes they'll give you the snake there. Um, but in my opinion, I put the startup picks in the draft. You can go to sleeper, use the kickers because who needs kickers in dynasty, right? So <laughs> right. you just put the kickers in there and the first kicker picked is the one Oh one, the next kicker, the one Oh two. And then you can do your rookie draft after. So if you want to draft a super young team and a whole bunch of rookies, your startup draft might have 10 kickers and <laughs> uh, you know, it looks crazy, but then at the end after, you know, then a week after or the weekend of the, the NFL draft, the league is all pumped and ready to go. Cause it's rookie draft season. Yeah, so I joined a dynasty league this year, um, just this offseason, taking over a league in, in one of Brad's leagues. 
Nice. I was not familiar with the linear thing. So I got a trade offer. Um, I have Alvin Kamara. I put him on the trade block because of his issues that he may be facing. Uh-huh. Somebody sent me the 211, and I'm thinking, ah, that's only the second pick in the second round. That's not too bad. And I went ahead and made the trade, I think. And then I, they told me, there's like, why did you make that trade? And I was like, it seemed all right. They explained it to me. And they're like, did you not realize this was linear? And I said, what are you talking about? I've never done a linear draft before. So um, now I don't know if Brad said something, but luckily the guy was like, sorry, I didn't realize you were new. We can redo this if you want. And I told him I'm really torn because I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, I I definitely thought it was snake. (laughs) Well, I mean, mistakes can happen. When I first started on sleeper, sleeper kind of, you puts the trade up and like, if you don't look at the plus signs, you can easily think that like you're getting the wrong side of the deal. And so like when you're doing trades and startups, it can get wild where there's like, I move up from the first to the second or the I move up from the third to the second. You move back from the fourth to the fifth. I also get a first and a second. You get a third and a fourth. And next to you like, it like looks crazy. And you're like, yeah, except. And then I'm like, wait, I'm on the clock. And you're like, yeah, you're on the clock. I'm like, I was trading back. You're like, no, 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 you traded up. I'm like no <laughs> so like that stuff happens sleeper is just you know it, it's great but like that took some getting used to yeah for sure and, and that adds more strategy which normally i like strategy in fantasy football the more strategy you can add to it kind of the more interesting it is to me um you've been doing dynasty a long time tell me why dynasty format is why do you think it's the best format yeah, I mean, when I was a kid playing Madden, uh, I, I was franchise mode. And so Dynasty is franchise mode. And so you're getting to to be the GM. You know, you're getting to trade picks. You're getting to develop players, doing those things. You know, like it's fun to be able to like put a team out and do redraft. And I still love redraft because sometimes people see Dynasty dorks and they're like, oh, you're just a Dynasty guy. I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I was playing redraft since I was 16, you know, but. Dynasty, you get to, you know, keep those, especially those rookies, you know, when you get that rookie and that you get to have them for a few years, like it's just, it's a lot of fun. And then being able to have the rookie picks and, and like, there's no off season in Dynasty like this. This is the most exciting time of the year for Dynasty and redraft players are like watching basketball or something. <laughs> watching XFL. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of jotted some notes down for pros i put a lot more trade emphasis and you can kind of build your team as you want for cons the only thing i could really think of is if you take over a team that's kind of in a rut and has a lot of bad players because you have limited draft picks it might be hard to turn that around is is that the only con you can really think of to dynasty or do you like that part of it too yeah i mean i I like that part but of course it gets getting used to and you know sometimes you got to go into those leagues where like there's the new guy or there's this guy making some wild trades and it can like frustrate you. And you can't be like, well, I'm mad Justin made this trade because it made his team better. But like if Justin goes and and trades Christian McCaffrey for Alvin Kamara right now, I'm like, dude, like what's going on? Is that Miranda's team or something? There's some (laughs) collusion. And so you see some, like a lot of the collusion and stuff like that, like those kind of comments. Um, but for me, like the only the other con would be like if you're if you're like a casual fan or just like you're just like not very invested, maybe best ball or redraft is better for you, and that's okay. Like, I, like I'm not saying casual as like a derogatory comment. Like, sure, some people aren't like wanting to do 
football 24 seven. They want to just do other stuff. So like my buddies were like, it really into redraft. I'm like, try this dynasty out. It's great. And they're like, nah, like, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, th- like I said, this is my first time this off season, but re- enjoying it so far, even just kind of looking at everything, all the aspects of it. Um, and I can tell you, Miranda would never make that trade with me because she's far too competitive, especially in beating me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of last question, put you on the spot here. I am sitting on this team with Jalen Hurts. I got Austin Eckler, Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. I got some good pieces, and I have 102. I'm thinking I need a wide receiver because my running backs are pretty decent. Who would you take? Yeah, um, so my my wide receiver one right now is Jordan Addison. Um, yeah. So um, what you can probably do with that 102 is if you, like, this is another fun part of Dynasty, so – let's say you have JSN and Jordan Addison in the same tier. You're like, I could go with either one of these guys. Somebody, I'm assuming this is a one quarterback league. Yeah. Yep. So someone's going to want Jameer Gibbs at one Oh two. So you nice. can, you can yeah. take Jameer Gibbs and put him on the trade block, or you can put one Oh two on the trade block, go to go back to one Oh three or one Oh four. Don't go back too far. And then you can get your pick Jordan Addison or JSN. And I'm happy with either one of those guys. Plus, you know, a third round pick or a second round pick, whatever it is. I mean, you know, you go to you go to Brad and say, hey, Justin's offering me a third. I can give me two thirds or a high second. I'll do it. Hey, just see, he countered, gave me a high second. If you give me a mid second, I'll do it. And then you just auction it off and, and you get your guy plus. Work in the system. I love it. Anything else you want to add about uh, Dynasty Leagues? Try it out. I mean, if you're not doing Dynasty Leagues, um, you know, and you're you're wanting to try it out, like just try it out. They have free leagues and things like that. I always say like do a small buy-in so people actually give a crap about it, like a $5, $10 league. Um, there's some leagues that are like $5, not five-year five leagues, so you're not like fully invested for so long. Um, but try it out. You can't knock it till you try it. And uh, I'll say the same thing about Superflex. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's Dave at Dynasty Dorks. Check out everything he and Brad are doing on SGPN Fantasy Football. I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, giving your take on Dynasty Leagues here. Anytime, man. We'll have you on too. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right. The next thing I want to talk about, I, this is sort of a league type. It's sort of also just, I mean, this could be any of um, different leagues. This could be the auction. This could be the uh, snake, the linear, um, but that's keeper versus redraft. Now, um, in a redraft league, it's exactly like it sounds. You redraft your team every year, and there are there are leagues that run. You have the same people every year, and you redraft a different team every year. Um, we're in one of them. We call it the fun league because we just do it for fun. It's kind of a way to keep in touch with some uh, college friends that – you know, we don't get to see very often, but we make sure we get together once a year and draft a fantasy football team. Um, and for that, the winner gets to run it the next year. But um, in that one, it's always a redraft. We always draft a new team. Um, it, there's a couple different leagues I'm in where you redraft a new team every year. And, uh, you know, there are pros and cons. Con being, or a pro being, that if you drafted a bad team one year, it's a brand new year next year. You don't have to worry about it. It's a brand new slate. There's new players and everything. Con would be, you know, like, um, it's not as much strategy, in my opinion. You don't have as much strategy. 
So that's kind of the redraft league. Now a keeper league, which again could be in straight, linear, auction. Keeper league, you can keep players. And how many you can keep, that varies. Um, Obviously, we've talked about the fact that we're in auction leagues and you can keep up to uh, as many players as you want as long as it finishes in your budget. Or there's um, different leagues where you know, you can only keep certain amounts of players. Like we have auction leagues where we can only keep five players or three players. And then you could do this in snake too. Uh, I'm in a league where it is a keeper league, but you know, your keeper takes one of your picks. So for example, in this particular one, if I draft a guy in round six, Next year, if I want to keep him, he's around four. It always goes two up. And then, you know, if you pick up free agents, it's just a 15th rounder. The keeper thing, it's interesting because it does add some some more strategy compared to just the redraft because you gotta you gotta decide who you want to keep, if they're worth keeping it with their whether it be their dollar amount for auction leagues or whether it be their their spot in the draft you know um you don't want to burn your first rounder on a guy unless you're absolutely sold that he is a first round talent um and and in this league you know your your first your second or third rounders they all count as a first rounder so you only get one player out of those first three rounds you've got to make sure it's worth it so oftentimes we see a first rounder carry over um, sometimes a second rounder if they do very well and they have, you know, high expectations next year. But, um, guys are always guys and girls. Sorry. I say guys in general, players, managers, fantasy football managers in general, um, that, uh, that, um, you know, goes with Miranda as well. You, you want to get value, um, so, you know, it does add that strategy of what value. Can I get the the best keepers at the lowest value? That's kind of what I always try to go for, really. Um, you know, I, oftentimes I will not keep a first rounder unless I am absolutely sold. So there was a year after Saquon Barkley had a great year. There was a year after Saquon Barkley had a great year that I did keep him um, as a first rounder. However... Most of the time I'm looking for like, who can I keep at like the 11th round or the 13th, 15th, 12th, 14th? I don't know why I'm only going odds there, but who can I keep that are, are going to be, you know, great value picks, but I still get my picks one through 10 or even one through five. If you want to limit it there, one through five. Um, So, you know, there's some guys in my keeper league, like JK Dobbins, who's only, I think like a 13th rounder. Um, just guys like that normally in those leagues and keeper leagues I'll draft a player that's injured you know maybe he's on the IR from preseason but he's a very good player and I think he's going to bounce back the next year and it just I'll draft him at the very last round because it just adds value and that's kind of in keepers you're always looking for value and that goes for trades as well so um yeah keeper redraft leagues I I pref- I like both. I really do, but I prefer keeper leagues. I just like the strategy behind it. You know, we've already talked. We talked in auction. We talked in um, best ball. We talked in dynasty. Like the strategy. The more strategy there is, 
the more I enjoy it, the more, um, I, you know, it, it works my brain. It's more like being the manager of the team. And that's, that's kind of what I'm really into as far as fantasy football goes. Now, that's not true for everybody, and that's fine. No big deal with that. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely interesting there um, to, to, to consider whether you want a keeper or a redraft, whether you're setting up an auction or a snake. You know, either way, you can pick if you want a keeper or a redraft. So that's something to consider when you're setting up your different fantasy football league types. All right, the next fantasy football league type we're going to talk about is best ball drafts, and I had to bring in the best ball expert, the best ball god. If you have checked out SGPN Fantasy Football, you have seen Andrew Robb do best ball drafts. He does them live. He's been on the SGP show on the SGPN Fantasy Football. Find him on Twitter at A-R-A-U-B-23 to catch out all his stuff. Andrew, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you uh, hitting me up and, uh, you know, pumping me up as the best ball god. I, I don't know if I would self-proclaim myself that, but uh, it's it, it's nice to hear somebody else say it. <laughs> Definitely in um, probably three or four times as many best ball leagues as I am in. Probably a lot more than that, but I, I won't say um, you're in too many because there's no such thing as too many leagues, right? Oh, that's for sure, man. I mean, that's that's one of the nice things about best ball. I know, I know, we'll get into it, but that's one of the best things is that you can be in so many and not have to worry about the weekly grind. Yeah, absolutely. So, for those not familiar with best ball, it, it's very simple, really. You draft your team, and then you don't worry about it for the rest of the year because it automatically goes to the top performer. So, whoever your top quarterback is, is he goes in your quarterback slot. Running backs, wide receivers, and so on. Um, you just draft your team and that's, that's really what there is to it. Um, am I missing anything there? I mean, that's the basic, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, when people ask me like, what is best ball? Like I, I've had, I have a lot of friends who just play regular redraft or dynasty and never really got into best ball. So, you know, when I kind of introduce them to it, they're like, you know, tell me about it. And essentially I say, it's the best part of fantasy football without the weekly headaches. You know, you, you get to draft and, you know, drafting is, is the best part, in my opinion, you know, putting together your team, building your roster, you know, constructing the best team you can for the most weekly points and not having to worry about setting the lineup, you know, not missing out on guys that go off that week that were sitting on your bench. You know, so it's it's really, you know, ultimately the best part. And then, you know, you get to leave all the other stuff out. So it's it's fantastic. And I, and I love how quickly I can do a draft, you know, in a night. I'll do two or three a night sometimes, you know, for couple hours and then um you know you kind of just forget it right set it and forget it yeah absolutely and investment wise i mean it's all across the board of just you can find leagues that they don't cost a lot to get into you can find some bigger leagues of course but even if you just want to try it out there's like so many five dollar leagues that you can hop in but still have decent payouts I, i think that's one of the things i like about it is like there's still decent payouts even when you're only investing five dollars yeah, for sure. And and obviously, you know, we we go heavy on, you know, underdog. That that seems to be the best platform. They have the best interface. Uh, you know, there's so many people on it. And uh, you know, shout out to underdog. Obviously, you know, we'd have a partnership with them and promo code SGPN if nobody has signed up already, you know, do so. But yeah, I mean, you know, underdog's definitely the best. So, you know, if anybody were to ask me where to play best ball, that would be the first place I I, I would send them to. Yeah, absolutely. I got my first. So underdogs not live in Iowa. Unfortunately, I don't know what's wrong with Iowa. But um, last year we went to Oregon for our anniversary trip and the wife was having some relaxed time. And I thought, wait a minute, I think I can play underdog in Oregon, brought it up. And so I'm drafting as many teams as I can while she's relaxing. <laughs> like, how many can I, I get in? It. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely love the experience, love best ball in general. Um, it, why do you, why is it? I mean, you kind of already stated some positives, but in your opinion, why is it the best format for fantasy football leagues? Man, so I don't like to call it the best because honestly, like I fell in love with redraft first, right? Like that that was my first experience with fantasy football back in the day, and. Let's see, I've probably been doing fantasy now for 17, 18 years. And so I, I fell in love with redraft because it's cool because you don't have to worry about, man, if, if that year you really shit the bed, you don't have to worry about like next year's, man, am I going to be able to turn this team around, right? You you can sure. forget about it, move on to next year, you know, do your research again and draft a whole new team. Uh, you know, so I, I don't want to say that it's the best, but it, it is the most fun, I believe, because again, like you can just get into these drafts, do a ton like you mentioned, you know, they range in entry fees. There's on underdog, you know, there's $3, $5, $10, $25, $100, $250. I mean, there's a $1,000 one to buy into as well. So, you know, it, whatever your bankroll is, you can fit in somewhere in the best ball world. Um, so, it, but again, you know, just drafting it and not having to worry about the daily, or, you know, the weekly grind of waiver wire, of trading, of injuries, all that stuff you don't have to worry about. Now, obviously it does play a part, you know, with injuries and stuff like that in best ball but again i mean at that point there's nothing you can do about it so you don't really you know have to worry about it i i would say the the only really downfall to best ball per se is that you know when you do have an injury at a position it kind of sucks because then you can't fill it in with any waiver wire players you can't make trades stuff like that but i mean so you know again to, uh, i'm not going to say it's the best but it, it is definitely one of the the most fun and and that's not just my outlook on it you know uh, again friends that i had that joined the best ball community you know a year or so ago have came up and told me they're like man like this is awesome i love drafting these teams and just trying to make sure i get stacks and orchestrate who i think is going to play each other and and worrying about you know, once you do make it out of the, uh, you know, the season long, which is usually weeks one through 14, and then that leaves 15, 16, 17 for the playoffs, you, you just, you don't have to worry about it too much. You just kind of like watch it and you're like, man, like my team's really doing good and just hope they continue to perform. Yeah, for sure. Now, the only con I could think of is if, um, especially at quarterback, if you only end up getting like three guys and they get injured or benched, which did happen to me in the league last year, then you're kind of shit out of luck on quarterback. But otherwise, um, I like that I don't have to go in and set my lineup every week. I like that I don't have to guess, is this guy going to have a better game this week or this guy? It just, it does it automatically. Whoever has the best game goes in your lineup. And that's one of my favorite things about best ball. Um now, as far as strategy wise, do you try to differentiate players? Are there players that you want to try to get in every draft? How, how do you kind of approach your drafts or is it all across the board? I, I guess it really depends on how many you plan on doing, right? Like I obviously know I'm going to do a ton throughout the off season. So I try to get my exposure right. Like I, there's players I want that I'll have a higher exposure on, but then mm -hmm. there's players that I don't really want, but I know can probably have a decent season. So I make, you know, I want to make sure I get some exposure to them. You know, I'll give you an example, like Michael Thomas, like I'm not a Michael Thomas guy. I just, I don't like how he doesn't seem like he wants to play football. He's always injured. It seems like he makes some excuses, quit on the team, whatever, you know, you want to think of him, but there's other guys who really like him and they've made some good, um, you know, they've talked to me about it and made some good points about why he could have a good season, like especially this year. So I'm not a dummy. I'm going to draft a little bit of Michael Thomas. But again, like I would like his exposure to be, you know, less than 
in my portfolio for best ball. Um, so again, I, I, when I talk to somebody, I tell them, you know, like think about how many drafts you want to do, think about how much money you want to spend. And then, you know, if you're, if you're only going to do 20 throughout the off season, go for your guys, man, like have fun with it, you know, make sure you get the guys that you think are going to do well. But if you're going to do a ton, you know, if you're going to do a hundred plus or whatever the case may be, you know, make sure that you get some exposure to players that you don't typically get, um, you know, make sure you're drafting some stacks that you think are on teams that aren't going to do very well. That might surprise you, you know, i.e. the Seahawks last year, right? Like a lot of people were down on them before the season and what yeah. they do, they came in, they had a couple players that were very good for fantasy Metcalf, uh, Ken Walker, Gino was fine. Tyler Lockett was was good as well. So I didn't have a lot of exposure to some of those guys. And I, you know, thought about it after the season. I'm like, man, like I, I really messed up because they were going later in drafts and had some good value. And I just really poo-pooed the team and just didn't want to take any of the Seahawks. And obviously, you know, I, I ate my words on that a little bit. So again, it's it depends on how many you want to do and how much exposure to a player you want to get. But I, I definitely have guys that I'm targeting in rounds that I definitely know can probably pop off this year yeah um and you mentioned like underdog is one of the best platforms one of the things i love is you can look at your exposure rate to players i like that um you know if the news comes out about some guy that and i think oh he should have a good year i can go look what's my exposure rate and do i need more i, I think that's really handy and i can't blame you for sleeping on the the seahawks there because who would have expected gino would have had that team in such good shape like i i know i didn't for sure um so just real quick when you're going through your draft do you always target a certain position in the first round or do you mix that up as well so i mix it up it depends on where i go uh you know where i'm drafting from in the first round you know a lot of times the adp will kind of dictate what you want to do now i'm not a guy that looks at the adp as like the holy bible of best ball by any means but you also don't want to be dumb and be drafting players that are two or three rounds later and you're taking them earlier than they really need to go. You also need to be strategic in your planning uh, as the, you know, do I think I can wait another round to get this guy? If you do, you know, obviously wait on that player so that you're getting a good value on them and you're not, you're not getting them at a, at an ADP that's like never going to be reached, right? Like if you're taking a guy at, let's just say ADP 24 and he's normally going at 48, you know, that's probably a little too early to do something like that, because honestly, is that player really ever going to get to eight, you know, to the ADP 24 where you took him? Probably not. And if that's the case, then you're already out of value on that player. So I, you know, again, in the first round, I kind of dictate it by where I'm drafting. And then also I will look into the second round. Like if I'm drafting 10, I know I'm going to come back and be drafting 14. So if that's the case, I'm like, okay, like if there's a tight end there and the guy behind me doesn't have a tight end, I'm like, you know what? I should probably take the tight end knowing that he's going to want to take one. I'll take the one I want and move on from there. So you, you really have to look at the other players around you and what they're doing and seeing who they have. And if they're trying to get stacks or if they're missing, you know, a position that they don't currently have filled, you, you really have to be, you know, on the offensive with that stuff as well. I, you know, and also play defense on players too, because there's some times that you can get some stacks that don't typically happen, you know, players fall and you obviously don't want to let them fall too far. And you, you got to play the, the defense of it too, so that somebody else doesn't get that value of that player, um, you know, without completely messing up your draft. So there's so many like innuendos to best ball and how you can play it. That That's another awesome part about it, you know, and in best ball, you know, stacking is probably more uh, prevalent than it is in regular redraft leagues or obviously IDP, uh, you know, dynasty, all of that. So stacking holds tremendous value on best ball, as well as once the schedule comes out, you want to look at weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, those, those later round weeks 
that you you know you're going to have to you know, finish in the top one or two of your division to move on to the next round. You know, you, you want to be able to have some of the game stacks as well that you think can go off. Like last year, it, it was uh, everyone was talking about the Bengals and the Bills game that unfortunately did not happen this year. But, sure. you know, everyone was targeting that because they figured, you know, that's a that's a game that can go upwards of 50 to 60 points. Right. And if you have players in that game, a lot of those players are going to, you know, score a lot of fantasy points. So, again, there's so much stuff to look at in best ball. Um, it, it, it's, it's honestly just fantastic. And I, I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, best ball is so much fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. It, and you know, the, um, just the amount of different lineups you can kind of put together, like in, in my redraft or dynasty or any type of those leagues, I'm probably in maybe 10 a year. So, you know, it's hard to get a, a good mix or a different mix. Whereas best ball, I can do 10 to 20 um, a week if I want to enter 10 to 20 leagues and have all sorts of different combinations of players. And, and so that's definitely something I liked about it, too. Um, make sure you check out all of Andrew's st stuff at a Rob 23, A-R-A-U-B 23. Um, I, I will say it. I'm sure if you check out his stuff, you will say it, too. He is the god of best ball. Tons of best ball content. Check him out on SUPN Fantasy Football's feed. Um, Andrew, thanks for joining me and thanks for talking best ball with me. Hey man, I appreciate you having me on anytime. Absolutely. Now, before we get to our next guests, let's talk a little whiskey. This is old fashioned football after all. So we got to talk a little whiskey in this episode throughout all these guests. I have been sipping on my Calumet farm eight years now. Ours is, um, they have a batch number on each. Ours is batch number CA8Y02. Uh, this is an interesting one because every batch is a very small batch. That's less than 50 barrels um, crafted from hand-selected barrels of premium Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey for the Calumet Farm 8-Year Bourbon. Um, obviously aged eight years. That's why it's called 8-Year Bourbon. Bottled by the Three Springs Bottling Company in Bowling Green, Kentucky. 90% uh, or 90 proof, sorry, 45%. It's got a 74% corn, 18% rye, 8% malted barley mash bill. I want to talk a little bit about the color. It's deep amber with golden highlights, they say on their uh, website. And I would agree with that looking at my glass. On the nose, I just sniffed it. Um, I don't know if you could hear me sniff. I hope not. That might be a little annoying. But uh, a full, rich aroma of aged oak with deep undertones of vanilla. I, I definitely pick up a ton of oak from this. A lot of oak smell um, on the nose. The taste, a hint of vanilla and fruit up front, rolls into soft notes of white pepper and a full, woody taste. Um, you know, some people... They, they like the full woody taste <laughs> that's the point where miranda would go oh my gosh you know um but no i agree there's a there's a lot of woody taste i i didn't like this one when i first had it but it's growing on me you know uh, i think i can convince myself into any bourbon to be honest but this one is growing on me it's very complex um i i, I get the vanilla i'm getting the sweetness of it and, and you know it just goes to show you that a lot of it has to do with what you've had in that day, um, what you just ate. Like, I haven't eaten anything for a bit. And um, so I'm picking up a lot of the flavors, and, and I do get that oaky taste, but there's a little bit of vanilla. The finish, a balanced sweetness, lingers as a rich yet subtle caramel flavor fades away, warming the entire palate as it retreats. Obviously, 
Those are not my words. Those are words from Calumet Farms' website. But I agree. Um, I do get a little caramel. Maybe it's the vanilla I'm tasting, though. However, it uh, it does have a, a very nice taste to it. Um, this is one that, that I, I won, as you probably know. But uh, let's talk a little history on the Calumet Farm. I am not as good at this as Miranda. She is a research guru. I'm going to call her a research guru, okay? It, Calumet Farm was established in 1924. Whew. That's a while ago. On uh, a farm, a small farm in Lexington, Kentucky, um, by William Monroe Wright. And after his death in 1933, his son Warren began to move the farm's business toward thoroughbred racing. After developing the farm's stock and pedigree for a short time, the Wrights hire famed horse trainer Benny Jones. Now, maybe if you're a racer, you know that guy. I do not. I'm not. I'm not big into horse racing. Uh, fun to watch in person and fun to gamble on, but you know, I don't know a lot of the history. Anyways, through dedication, passion, and hard work, all from their website, of course, um, which they have a nice history write up. They have a good website for sure. Uh, spent some time on this one. Nice backgrounds, nice photos, everything. Um, through hard work, the farm began an unparalleled ascent, eventually topping the horse racing world. So that's interesting. The Calumet Farm uh, topped the horse racing world. And that uh, kind of cemented them as one of the most dominant names in horse racing history. And uh, just to talk about their history, the farm has produced two Triple Crown winners, eight Kentucky Derby winners, and eight Preakness winners, 11 horses in the National Museum Hall of Fame. That's amazing. Um, now, you, you might be asking yourself, what's that have to do with whiskey? Good question. Uh, they were actually bought in 2012 by the Calumet Investment Group. And then in 2013, they launched their first bourbon. So very interesting. Um, it marked their return to the winner's circle of the Triple Crown race for the first time since 1968 with their horse Oxbow and produced their first Calumet Farm bourbon. So <clears throat> interesting that they uh, they returned to horse racing and then also add in bourbon. Continued to evolve from 2013 to now with uh, both bourbon, I guess, you know, and horse racing. And 2019, they broke their 57-year drought to become North America's leading breeder by Money One for the first time since 1961. And the farm's 410 starters of 2019 collectively earned $12 million, $12 million in victories. So that's pretty amazing. They're not just making bourbon. They're also making winners. Um, just kind of interesting. I'm sure Miranda can tell you more about it because she does better research than me, but it's kind of neat. If you, if you buy a bottle, they have their Kentucky Derby winners on them, which were whirl away in 1941 pensive citation, ponder hill grail, iron liege, Tim Tam and forward pass as a football fan. We like the forward pass. Um, but yeah, definitely an older bourbon or a, a guess, Yes, not older bourbon because they just started in 2013, but from an older lineage of history with the horse racing. And um, it's definitely, definitely pretty cool. So now they have several options. The pedigree, eight-year-old, small batch, 10-year, 14-year, 15-year, and 16-year. Now, FF Bourbon Dude Brad Strickler did say that 14-year is top. 
top, top. So make sure you check that out. But check out this eight-year because it is good, too. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Calumet Farms, eight-year. Thank you to uh, my dad for, for buying me this one. Um, I got to be honest, the first try, didn't like it. I remember saying, eh, this is okay. But right now, um, this is sitting pretty good. I, I do really like it straight. Um, and it's good in my old fashioned too, which is gone, but, um, I am drinking it straight now. So definitely, definitely worth a try. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is super flex, which, you know, we've already talked about auction. We've talked about snake drafts, all that stuff. Um, dynasty super flex can be all of them. That's kind of the nice thing. You can always have super flex. And I brought in a guy that uh, is in more fantasy football leagues than anybody I know. Um, it's the first time that I'll probably ever say something nice about a Husker fan, but, uh, let's give a, a welcome to Cody Zeeb. You can find him on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb co-host of the NASCAR gambling podcast, the F1 gambling podcast. Plus he puts out a ton of content, not just racing. There is a lot of racing, but not just racing, um, football and everything else. Cody, how you doing? I'm good. Justin, glad to finally get the opportunity to join you on the microphone. Been a long time coming. You're a Hawkeye fan. I forgive you for that part of it, but uh, we could set our differences aside there at least. And yeah, I'm excited. Superflex is my jam. I am in a lot of fantasy football leagues. I am currently drafting a slow draft for a dynasty Superflex league. So good time to bring me on, I guess. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, yeah. And just an estimate, how many different fantasy football leagues are you in? Uh, I think last year it was upwards of 60. I think it was like 65 with everything. And that's not including the best ball. That's a whole separate deal. But of the actual managed leagues between Dynasty, Guillotine, everything, it's, yeah, I'm all over the place, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I I am a fantasy football nerd through and through. <laughs> that's insane. And speaking of Guillotine, we're going to talk about that that next week. So hopefully you can come back and kind of give your take on that because last year was my first time doing it. Thanks to you. So, yes, um, oh man, it's so much fun. I, yeah, definitely have me back on next week. To talk about that because that is a blast. I've gotten quite a few different people talked into doing it. And once they do, they are hooked. It is so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so super flex, just for a rundown for people that don't know what it means. Like I said, you can do it in multiple different draft formats, but you basically have a position that is exactly as it states, a super flex. It can be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end, but we all know quarterbacks score more points generally. So normally you want to fill that with a quarterback if you can. Um, did I leave anything out there? That's basically the gist of it, right? Yeah, that's basically the gist of it. So, I mean, you can still have your roster construction any way you normally do. Two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, whatever. You just have an extra flex position. Now that flex position can be anything. If you still put a running back, you still put a wide receiver tight end, or you have the option of a second quarterback. Like you said, obviously quarterbacks generally outscore other positions. I have made it through without playing a quarterback certain weeks, but it's not fun. <laughs> you yeah. want to have quarterbacks, um, but it, it adds a whole nother element to the game. We've all played fantasy football for years. Now that I've played super flex, I don't like playing in non-Superflex leagues. I'll still do it because I like playing in all leagues, but Superflex to me is the way to go. It's so much better. It just adds that extra. Now, instead of just your generic, you know, we take running backs and we take wide receivers, you grab a quarterback whenever. 
this shoots quarterbacks to the top of the board. Generally, your first five or six picks are going to be quarterbacks. Then, you know, that allows people later on to, to mix it up with getting a CMC or a JJ later in the first or however it ends up working out for you. Creates more strategy. I mean, we saw 70-plus different quarterbacks start a quarterback last year. It was insane. So there was constantly – you're constantly trying to stream guys. You end up getting lucky picking up a guy um, like with the 49ers. You grab uh, – gosh, why is his name slipping my mind? Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, Brock Purdy, of course, Iowa State guy. Um, right. That's why it was slipping your mind. You're yeah, like, well, Iowa, yeah. no. I don't <laughs> mind Iowa State. My grandpa's an Iowa State alum, so – Okay, Iowa State's nice. fine. I just don't like Iowa, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, yes, Brock Purdy obviously proved to be vital later on in the season, but it also makes every quarterback relevant because you just need starting quarterbacks in those spots. So it, it makes the player pool bigger, makes the strategy different because you are maybe giving up on taking a guy like J.J. Oten one overall to get a guy like Allen Mahomes early. Um, so, yeah, super flex for me. Once I started playing it, it, it's very hard for me to play in non-Superflex leagues because there's so much more strategy, so many different ways to do it. A uh, huge proponent of Superflex. Yeah, and it does um, definitely add more strategy or a different strategy anyways. I You know, I have a lot of leagues that aren't Superflex where I know running backs are going to go early and often. Then you jump in the Superflex and it's these quarterbacks flying off the board. Now, Am I just more aware of Superflex, or is it becoming more and more popular as of the past year or two? Yeah, I mean, maybe the circles I run in, it's it's definitely the most popular. But no, I think it is quickly becoming a much bigger thing. And it seems like as people start to realize what it offers and, and how it changes the fantasy game, I think more and more people are going that way. So I do think that is more of the way of the future. For me and in the places I hang out and get into leagues, it's fairly normal. It's, it's almost like you have to state if it's not a super flex league because it, it, it'd be weird if it wasn't right. So um, yeah, super flex is it's, it is the much becoming much more popular, much more normal thing. Um, and I think every time I, I, every once in a while you get the one guy, Oh, I don't really like super flex, but, but even people who are hesitant to do it once they get in, they're like, wow, this is different. This is fun. And I rarely hear somebody say once they're in one, that they don't like the super flex style. Yeah. So I was in um, a couple last year and it was new to me because um, I, I don't know, just the leagues that I'm normally in and the recurring leagues, we haven't done that, but it, it was definitely eye opening. And I, I took some where I, you know, the running back was sitting there and I'm just so tuned into, Oh, I got to grab the running back that that's what I did. And it really bit me in the ass big time. So when you go to draft your strategy, are you always going quarterback in round one? It depends. It, it just like any other draft, it depends what falls where I would say sure. if you're in the top five or six picks, you're almost for sure grabbing quarterback. There's those five or six elite guys that, that just have to be drafted up there early. Of course, Mahomes, Allen, generally Allen is one Mahomes kind of goes back and forth between the two of them. Jalen hurts. A guy has so many shares of last season. And I got him a little bit later because nobody really knew what he was going to end up being. He's going to be top of the board now. Justin Fields, your guy for the Bears, obviously yeah. with his rushing upside is going to be high up there this season. Um, and, and then, you know, in the past, it's been Kyler Murray's, Lamar Jackson's. Their, you know, future obviously a little bit up in the air. But, yeah, Justin Herbert's another one. Joe Burrow, 
So, I mean, really the first, I, I would say five, six picks are almost always quarterbacks. And then that's where it starts to vary. Sometimes you'll see a run of, of 10, even the first, all, you know, all 12 picks, if you have a 12 round or 12 team league, sometimes all of them will go that way, but you get to the seventh or eighth guy, all the top quarterbacks are off the board. Then you're sitting in seventh or eighth and you're like, well, there's CMC, there's Chase, there's Jefferson. So it just depends how the board falls, how you want to build. But in the first two rounds, you've got to get at least one quarterback. And I don't like going past the third round without having two. I also like to go heavy on quarterback. I just mentioned how many different quarterbacks we saw last season, right? And so they go down quickly. There's injuries. I mean, last season I had a a dynasty team. I go into the season, I'm thinking, I'm pretty set here. I got Jalen Hurts. I got Lamar Jackson. I got Trey Lance. This this is pretty (laughs) set up, right? Then, you know, four weeks into the season, I only have Jalen Hurts at this point. And so I'm still, I had Jameis Winston, I think, on that team, and he ends up getting benched. And so it was like, oh my goodness, I had four starting quarterbacks. I thought I was set. So you want to be deep at quarterback. You want to go early. So, you know, even if you you wait till the second round, you grab a guy like Dak, like Tua, something like that early in the second. When it comes back around, you want to get another guy. And then, yeah, usually the first three rounds, I try to get two. Again, every draft is dependent on how things fall. Sure. I've been in one t- one time I was in a super flex where like I don't think the first quarterback went to like five, and I'm thinking, well, if these guys hadn't played super flex before or what, but so I snapped up the quarterbacks at the you know I doubled up at the end of round one and beginning of round two, so it all depends on the draft, of course, like anything, but uh, but yeah, you want to go quarterback heavy early and often, and then don't be afraid when it gets a few rounds later. You're towards the back of the field. You know, you got guys like like a Mac Jones or somebody there. Yeah, they're not super great producing fantasy, but if you need a quarterback to start later in the season, you still want to try and start a quarterback over having to plug something else into that flex position. Now, with it being a super flex, you can flex something else if you do have injury or you're short, you got a bye week and stuff, but want to try to have quarterbacks if you can. Sure. Uh, and, you know, you brought up like Mac Jones interesting thing there is like even if he gets 14 points per game or whatever that's still around what some of your upper receivers or running backs are getting so it's still good points to throw in your super flex overtaking like your your i guess tier two or tier three running backs and receivers right yeah because at that point you know you've already got your running back spots filled you got your wide receiver spots so now you're getting to your third fourth fifth running back or wide receiver they're not going to be as reliable. Sure, somebody could spike and have a great week. You plug them in there and it works out. But on a general basis, those quarterbacks, for the most part, have a fairly decent baseline. They're going to give you every week of production when you're talking about most of the starting quarterbacks. So it's, uh, yeah, it's you really, you're hard pressed to not start a quarterback in that super flex spot, at least through a majority of the season. For sure. Um, not talking super flex real quick. I know you're a beer guy by trade. Are you a whiskey fan? I I'm dabbling a little bit in whiskey where uh, I, okay. I do work for a beer distributor and we're getting into the whiskey side of things. So I'm trying to trying to branch into that area a little more. Nice. So I expect when they give you freebies, you're going to send them my way, right? Uh, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Cody, thanks for talking super flex with me again. This guy is in so many different fantasy football leagues. He's talking racing in NASCAR, which by the way, I won money last week. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, follow him at Husker underscore Z check out all his NASCAR stuff, all his football stuff. 
anything else you want to add before uh, we get on out of here? Yeah, I think you covered it. Yeah, pretty much motorsports guy, one of the motorsports guys for for SGPN. So co-host the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. We just fired the F1 Gambling Podcast back up. Check out both of those. Like you said, we gave out 10 to 1 winner in Kyle Busch last week. Been having a fun time and, and making money over there. So definitely check that out. And then, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Yeah, and and it you guys are you and Rod are a great listen. And I'll be honest, don't be offended. I'm not a huge NASCAR or racing fan, but I like tuning into you guys because a you're entertaining, but b you guys know your shit big time. Like I have won more money on NASCAR just listening to you guys. It's been crazy. It's like oh, I guess I won that one. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. You don't even have to watch, right? And I do that yeah. with so many shows on the network. I just go and listen, place the bets they tell me to. Don't even pay attention, and I'm like, oh, look at that. I want another one. So we try to keep it entertaining over there. And then we do know a little bit about NASCAR and, and try to give out some good picks usually. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks again, Cody. Appreciate you jumping on. Yep. Thanks, Justin. Take care. You too. All right. The last type of fantasy football league types that we're going to talk about is daily fantasy sports. And likely, unless you're living under a rock, you know what DFS is. And who else to bring in than um, a guy that he's won a shit ton of money on DFS. And <laughs> if you know the Sports Gambling Podcast, you know this guy, Sean Stacking the Money Green. Find him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Follow all his stuff on Sports Gambling Podcast. But I'm sure you know him if you're listening to this. Sean, how's it going, man? Doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, it uh, takes me back uh, to that sweet, sweet week one, 2017, where I won uh 200 grand, you know, the gambler in me thinks about how I was sitting in first place. And then Scott Tolzien's second pick six cost me uh, 800 grand. So again, you know, the, the smart way to look at it is like, Oh my God, I'm so lucky. I won 200 grand, but then being a DJ I'm like, I lost 800 grand. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy, crazy, uh, crazy day and crazy win. I mean, when I got second place in that DFS tournament, it was, my score was like 197. Um, so now if you if you follow like, you know, the DK Millie maker, 197 these days is like nowhere near. Uh, I, I mean, at least for most weeks, like nowhere near putting up in the top. So I think uh, obviously you got to get some luck there. Uh, my boy Tariq Cohen really helped carry the day. Uh, he was like $3,200, got like nine catches for a running back. No one really seemed to be on him as a pass catcher. I remember reading some like preseason stuff about how he's going to be used as a receiver a little bit for the Bears. And obviously, you know, fortunate uh, in a lot of ways. I do remember one of the plays that put me over to get up to uh, first place before I was knocked out. Thanks again, Scott Tolzien. Was I, uh, I had a, the Eagles defense and they had a strip sack on Kirk Cousins when he was playing for the Redskins there. And I mean, watching it live, I'm like, that is not a fumble. <laughs> like, even as a diehard <laughs> Eagles fan, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. And it was just one of those where, like, there wasn't visual evidence to overturn it, but it probably wasn't a fumble. So, again, you got to get kind of lucky to hit those crazy big wins, obviously. But, you know, there certainly is some skill to it. And the game just keeps getting harder as there's more, you know, people are doing max entry and yeah. um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't know you had Tariq Cohen in that lineup as a Bears oh, yeah. fan. That that warms my heart. Uh, makes me sad, too, because I don't know if we'll ever see him play again after his injury. 
Yeah, very, very unfortunate. He had a pretty like promising career kind of early on. I was like a, you know, very elusive runner. Uh, and yeah, kind of fun, especially in fantasy for like full point PBR. He yeah. was uh he was always pretty interesting. And then yeah, just injuries got the best of him, unfortunately. For sure. Now I know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but this is old fashioned football, and I know you're drinking some whiskey. You got Jameson oh, yeah. Black Barrel, right? Yep, got a nice little glass of Jameson Black Barrel, and um, in it I have actually I'm showing you, but uh, <laughs> we have these custom sgpn ice cubes uh they're really cool you can get and uh, i'm blanking on the name if anyone's interested you can hit me up on twitter i'll look it up but this lady i think on etsy or somewhere online makes custom ice trays so you can get like your initials or if you have a company whatever and then you get these like nice little ice you know like the big whiskey rocks with your cool like company logo or whatever on it and uh that's a nice little touch there yeah, for sure. That's badass. I'm. I need that link because I need those now. Um, oh yeah. I usually have the uh, kind of like the old fashioned football podcast logo. I actually have the football ice cubes in there, but the SGP yeah. would be sweet too. Oh, dude, that would look great. Yeah, yeah. We gotta. I gotta. I'll look that up for you. All right, right on. So for anybody that doesn't know, which like I said, I, most people know what DFS is, but you have a budget. You have to set your lineup within the budget. Um, you set it each week based on the games that are playing. Uh, that's the basic rundown. I mean, it's easy as shit because you, you just, you make your guesses. And as long as you fit within that budget, you can pick whoever you want. So there's no like, um, you know, we've, I've already talked about redraft dynasty, all that stuff in this episode. There's nobody taking your players. Cause you, you pick, you can have the same exact lineup as somebody else. Now odds are that doesn't happen unless you're copying Sean's picks, but <laughs> it, it's possible. Um, it, why do you like DFS so much? What's one of the things to you that makes it kind of the best fantasy football formats? Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the least fun part about fantasy football is like the waiver wire, um, you know, making sure you get your waiver wire things in there. I, I, you know, season long and dynasty are fun because of like the trash talking and hanging out with your friends or your buddies from work or whatever it is like that aspect is fun of it. But like the, the actual, like, management of the league was always kind of like annoying and boring and you know as someone that's like looking at all these games each week and betting on them and and that kind of stuff my brain is already in a headspace of like oh okay I really like these matchups I really don't like these matchups and you know looking to pick out players from there so I love the nature of it as far as just hey you don't have to yeah you just don't have to do the waiver wire is honestly the biggest thing and if you know, in, in, in season long, it's like when we drafted Lamar Jackson in our like high stakes league. And then it's like, I don't want to root for a Lamar Jackson all season long and then become like a Lamar Jackson fan. I mean, I got no beef with Lamar Jackson. I'm just a fan of the Eagles and yeah, I don't want to have to root for the same guy every week. I like to be a mercenary about my fantasy football. I don't want to be a come attached to these guys. And that's, what's great about DFS. You could just plug in different guys each week. And you don't have to like all of a sudden become a fan of, I, I don't know, whatever, like, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, great fantasy guy for a season long or whatever. But I, I don't want to, I don't want to follow the Deontay Johnson Jersey this, or, you know, his journey this season. I, I, you know, I like maybe I'll play him a couple of weeks in DFS and then move on. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, one of the things I like most about it is, I no longer get screwed because my first or second rounder gets injured because yes. I, yeah. I mean, 
maybe injuries during the game can affect it, but those injuries that happened, you know, last week, they don't affect you this week because you don't pick that player, obviously. No, no, it's great. You're, 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 that's another great angle. It's like, hey, yeah, you might get screwed in injuries, right? Like, hey, if you have a DFS lineup, you put a couple bucks in on it, hey, your guy gets hurt. Yeah, whatever. You're unlucky. That's it. But then next week, to your point, you don't have to play. Yeah, you're not completely screwed. Like, if your first or second round pick goes down in season long, you're kind of fucked. There's really no other way yeah. to look at it. You're just, and hey, if it happens in DFS, it's not a huge deal. You could just play next week. Yeah, and it happened to me too many times listening to uh, Kramer and drafting Saquon Barkley <laughs> and him getting hurt over and over. Um, <laughs> definitely gave up on hey, I him. Was, I, I was, I've been dead on about Christian McCaffrey. I said he would not yeah. get injured this past year. I predicted he would get injured the year before. I'm dialed in on the Christian McCaffrey injury. Saquon, I, I didn't. I didn't have any real Saquon exposure, and even in best ball, I don't think because I was just. I was just skeptical of him staying healthy and, and kind of yeah. where he was going. Um, but yeah, he, he stayed healthy, had a good year. Hopefully the giants pay him a boatload. Cause it's always a good idea to pay running backs a bunch of money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is why you listen to the sports gambling podcast because of you guys talking about Christian McCaffrey. I didn't draft him at all last year. I snickered every time somebody did draft him. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then he did get injured this year. Did, didn't get injured, did pretty good. Um, but I don't think he's ever a running back that's going to get 15 to 20 carries um, consistently ever again because of the injury history. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, no, totally. And and especially in that Shanahan offense, like they've figured out a, like he's going to get a decent size role. Um, but again, they're like, they're going to figure out ways to get him involved in the passing game and stuff like that. So he's valuable. But again, I probably won't be, taking him that much um yeah. no again it, we'll see like justin jefferson we've been doing a bunch of those best ball drafts justin jefferson does seem like the kind of consensus one one um i don't know i i guess right now if i had to pick yeah that's tough I, to me it does make a difference full point ppr league or not as far yeah. as the number one overall i think right now so when it comes to DFS, do you have any certain strategies or is it just kind of um, you, you go based on the game matchups and what you're feeling? Yeah, I mean, again, DFS, there, it, there's basically like two versions of DFS. The one where you're buying the lottery ticket uh, and, and then like hoping to hit on essentially it's like a 12 team parlay. And, and I guess that is the downside of DFS as well. When you're playing these like crazy tournament style ones like the Millie Maker it's insane odds and you know, a lot of people are max entering, you know, like 150 entries and they're doing these like, you know, auto generated lineups and, and bulk submitting. So, you know, you're obviously your odds of winning something crazy like that are very small. It's super fun. Um, but again, you're probably your best like ROI is just playing like the 50, 50 games, the heads up game, um, and obviously the strategies are different for that. Like the, you know, the, the, the long shot ones, you have to not only put together a good lineup, but also put up, put together a lineup. That's different when you're playing head to head, you don't have to worry about that as much. Um, again, like for me, it's usually pretty simple, like a pass catching running backs. Uh, they're still, I think undervalued to a, to a certain degree. Um, you know, there's a lot of advanced metric stuff out there now, like as far as, routes run um 
or, you know, like routes run per attempt and stuff like that. That's always good to take an eye on. And then, you know, still running quarterbacks. They, you look at like who has these winning lineups. Uh, I I mean, Justin Fields, right? You're, you're a Justin Fields guy. Like Justin Fields won a lot of people, a lot of money in DFS and fantasy this year because he was an amazing runner. And same with Jalen Hurts, like the the rushing touchdowns he got and stuff like that are huge. And especially in DFS, most of these uh, scoring systems are only four points for passing touchdowns, six for rushing touchdowns. It really it really does make a difference. And and not I don't know. I still don't know if it's all the way priced in um, at 100 percent, you know, uh, certainly guys like Josh Allen. But I think where you can find some value, not Jalen Hurts as much this year, but like the year before, uh, he was really, really uh, good as far as like his price uh, because of the rushing and and still kind of was under the radar as a passer. So again, finding running quarterbacks that are under the radar, that's huge. Um, finding guys that you can rely on in the passing game for targets and then, um, you know, finding non-traditional pass catchers a la the, the running backs and stuff like that. How many mostly Eagles lineups do you submit each week? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is my greatest fear because again, yeah. <laughs> one of the uh one of the the 200k lineup I had, which it did include Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and the Eagles defense, which normally you shouldn't correlate your your sack with your um your defense. Again, this is pre pre like people getting smarter about stacking and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I usually play at least one Eagles lineup because you don't, I don't want to be sitting on the sideline where the Eagles, you know, run it up and have an amazing game. And then I'm like, Oh, why didn't I play the D you call yourself a fan, Sean and getting (laughs) mad at myself. So you always got to play like, you know, one homery lineup, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, one last non DFS question. On the NFL Gambling Podcast, during the preseason, we did an award show, me and Moneyline Mac, and I gave out Jalen Hurts MVP at 40 to 1 at the time. Yeah. If he didn't get hurt, do you think he would have won? Yeah, I do think so. Again, I gave out uh, Patrick Mahomes, which unfortunately won. It was only like (laughs) 9 to 1. But um, yeah, 40 to 1, that was an amazing price. I I really do think he wins because all the. there's a lot going on there. I think he wins because I think most of the time they're trying to create a narrative, right? Like, Oh yeah. It's and Mahomes had already won his MVP. And again, like the Eagles are 14 and three with them losing two games with Jalen hurts out. And again, to me, that should help his MVP case, right? Like, Hey, you know, he's hurt and they, they lost the two games. He was 14 and one as a starter. I mean, if he was 15 and one or 16 and one, I just, at some point you can't deny how good he played this season. Again, unfortunate how it came to an end uh, there, but uh, you know, even in the super bowl, like he played a very good game. Uh, obviously his one mistake was that fumble that unfortunately bounced right to the chiefs guys hands. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think 40 to one, that was a sweet bet. Uh, and again, you know, it's, it's gambling, right? So you maybe could have hedged out or sold the ticket at some point, but, uh, at that point, why would you like, he, he kept, he looked like the front runner there for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely was, uh, obviously not happy. Anybody ever gets injured, but that was a, a real kick oh, in the man. ass. Cause brutal. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
Well, um, that's all I have on DFS. I really appreciate you joining. Again, follow Sean at Sean T. Green. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've heard him before. But, Sean, <laughs> anything else to add? No, subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast. And uh, thanks for having me on old-fashioned football. And uh, shout out to Jameson Black Barrel. Give us a sponsorship. Let's go, baby. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Sean. One last shout-out to all my guests. I appreciate you all jumping on especially because I hit up everybody last minute with Miranda not feeling well. Uh, She will be back next week. If this was your first time joining Old Fashioned Football, I know this one ran a little bit long, but we had a lot of guests to work in. Normally not this long, and it's normally me and my wifey, J-Mark's wifey, Miranda, um, arguing about fantasy football. I mean, there's a lot of argument. We have argued over um, oranges as well. Orange Gate was a thing, everybody. Uh, but for now, uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking some more uncommon fantasy football league types. That's going to be fun. couple more guests. But, um, yeah, Miranda should be back good as new. And, um, yeah, like I said, if you haven't joined us, we talk fantasy football. We review a whiskey. She's a lot better at doing the history on it than I am. I just am good at drinking it. Um, and speaking of whiskey, my whiskey is gone. Going once. Going twice. Sold. Old-fashioned football.